so for those that are thinking and listening that might say, well, that's not very, uh, not very manly of you to stay home with your kids. What would be your response to that? Cool. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to the show. Welcome to the Therapy for Dads podcast. Um, This is a first. Kelly, my good friend, is the first one to break the glass ceiling of being a guest on the show for the fourth time, which is very exciting. (laughs) Welcome, Kelly. (laughs) Thanks for having me, bro. Absolutely. Um, I love having you on so much that I had you on the fourth time, um, and you're the first. So how's this feel? It's a huge honor, to be honest with you. Uh, the fact that you've wanted to have a chat with me on four separate occasions, even though one time was in a group setting with some other guys that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it means that we have great conversations. So I'm looking forward towards this one also. Yeah, and I always love our conversations, even offline. Um, those that don't know, we, we often talk offline. We've become good friends over the past, I don't even know how long it's been year and a half, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, and those who want to maybe jump back and listen to other episodes Kelly has been on, his first was episode seven and then episode 26, which was called the holiday special, which we did uh, holiday season of 2021. Yeah. And then episode 36 and then now today. So if you're interested, they're three very different episodes, but all very powerful, good conversations. Um, Kelly and I were talking the other day and about some changes that are coming up in his life. And I thought, you know, let's let's record that and talk about it because I think it's a it's a it's a great just topic that I don't think is talked about enough and. I think especially for being a dad, a man, I think it's definitely not the the typical classic norm um, mm. that you would think. And so I'm like, let's talk about it, record it, and maybe this will be helpful for moms and dads to hear and listen to. So I guess with that, I kind of introed it, but you're kind of in this season, uh, Kelly, and, and I guess if you were to put a word or phrase into the season that you're currently in, what would you... What would you say? A word or a phrase? Uh, That's a good question. I think I would describe the season that I'm in as um, re-shifting priorities. Mm. And that's been something true to my experience um, literally since my son was born. Everything changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the years, though, it's become a lot more evident to me that the way in which my life is currently structured uh, when it relates to work, going to work and uh, spending an amount of time at work and then coming back, like that's just not, it just doesn't feel like it's helping me in any of the ways that I would want uh, having a job to fit in my life. Hmm. Uh, Especially after my son was born. So my son is going to be three in May. And I have another one Hmm. on the way due in uh, either late February or early March, whenever he decides to come. 
So excited. Sorry, I'm not a woo girl, but I wanted to do that because it's been a journey, my friend, and and uh, I'm so excited for you and Michelle yeah. and Juki. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, anyone who listens to the last time I was on here would completely understand the context of right. why you're excited, why this is a big deal. Mm. It, Yeah, it's such a big deal. So I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when, when Juki was born, I was able to take three months off mm. to be home with him. And I really did not want to go back to work after mm. those three months. So that was the beginning. That was like in seed form, what I am feeling more intensely now. Mm. Um, cause after that, it just didn't make any sense for me to leave home to go to work and not be with my son and witness the things that he's doing and so far and so forth. So over the past, you know, almost three years now, that's just been what's bouncing around in my head. So yeah, I guess that's a long winded way to respond to the question, but I would say definitely it's a matter of reshifting priorities. Uh, I, I know that, I know that this won't be, the long-term thing, although if it turns out to be a long-term thing, then so be it. I'm not opposed to it, mm. but definitely for now, like these first several years of Juki's life, I mean, I'm already two years behind in his, but for my next son coming on, I, I want to be, I want to be home. I want to be with my boys. I mm. want to uh, spend as much time with them. I want to instruct them. I want to see their milestones. I want to, mm. you know, hang out. I want to do all of those things. And so if I can do that while also working from home, you know, or some hybrid setting that allows me more flexibility to spend more time home than I do at work, mm. pouring into or kind of representing somebody else's values, um, while that employee or employer is not necessarily catering to my values. Like to me, that's where the disconnect comes. Mm -hmm. And so this has been brewing, like you said, since your first son was born. So almost three years ago. Yeah. And it's been kind of a evolution. Uh, yeah. Like you said, a seed seedling, it was planted and, and it's been evolving and growing. And so I guess what was the point for you where there is this shift of, oh, what I need to do is actually be home full time with my boys so I could be there for the milestone. So like, what was the aha moment or the light bulb of like, oh, that's what I'm really looking for. That's what I'm after. I think it was a combination of things. Um, the first part being just how much I really enjoyed spending those 12 weeks with Juki after he was born. I mean, it was just he and I. Mm. Um, Michelle had gone back to work. And it was just he and I at home. And the things that we did, I mean, I could show you my phone, bro. I have, I mean, just so many pictures mm -hmm. of us on a daily basis. And I loved going out, you know, on walks with them. And so this was, you know, pandemic 2020. Mm -hmm. So there weren't many places that we could have gone, right? But just to walk outside in the neighborhood or to stay home and I loved reading to him. Mm. So now he has a love for reading, you know, so just kind of seeing how, how good 
that felt. I mean, I felt close to my son finally after three months of him being more so dependent on my wife. You know, so around that time, it was like, yo, this is just me. Mm. It's just me and him. My wife is not around. It's just me and him. When he's hungry, I'm feeding him. I put him to sleep. Mm. I change his diapers. Uh, I burp him. You know, I play with him. Mm. I take a nap with him. I mean, it, it was just us. And that was just so cool. So I'm like, yeah, I want to I wanna do that, you know, more long term. Mm. Um, I think the other part of it too is that there is a sense of there's something unsettling for me in the way that I view the world uh, with the way parts of our culture and society is shifting and headed. Hmm. And so I just feel like it's my responsibility first and foremost to educate my son, hmm. my sons. And I want to be as influential mm. in this early phase of their lives uh, so that when they do go to school and they start interacting with other uh, kids and, you know, who, who come from homes that see the world in similar but different ways than I do, I'm setting a strong foundation, right? And I just feel like some of the discourse in our modern society, um, some of the decisions that are made in the higher up places, um, some of the trends just leaves me feeling very unsettled. Mm. And I want to, to the best of my ability, you know, shape my children's minds before I hand part of that responsibility over to somebody else. Mm. There's two things that stand out to me as you're talking, and I want to address both. The first one is more of a gender stereotype mm -hmm. question. Um, so for those that are thinking and listening that might say, well, that's not very, uh, not very manly of you to stay home with your kids. What would be your response to that? Cool. Short and sweet. <laughs> Expand on that cool. <laughs> because obviously the, 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 the traditional gender stereotypes is that's not a manly thing, quote unquote manly thing. Um, I, I love your response, but if we were to expand it a bit deeper, what would you, you could sit someone down and talk, what would you say further? I mean, I honestly don't know what else I could say or I would say beside that. Um, I guess I would want to know what the person thinks mm. my responsibility as a man is, mm. which is interesting because today, earlier today, I was uh, browsing through IG and I came across this video of this uh, young lady who was sharing a, a point of view that I was like, you know what, I think there's some merit to it. Uh, and I'm not going to try to rehearse what she was saying because I'll butcher it and I don't want to, um, I don't want to be... I don't want to say something that she didn't say, mm -hmm. but what she was saying, though, was very much so a different perspective from the current way that we perceive gender roles. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's fair to say that nowadays we don't necessarily um, 
we don't necessarily see gender roles the way that our parents and grandparents saw, mm-hmm. right? Like no one nowadays would say it's a man's responsibility to go to work and provide and protect. Mm-hmm. And it's the woman's responsibility to stay home and be a homemaker and nurture and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, we understand the implications of that and we know that it's not a man or woman thing. Both parents, both genders, any gender can can do that, mm-hmm. right? But what she was saying was more so on the, let's not look at those norms, the man being the one who provides and protects the woman being the one who is more the emotional nurturer and the softer one. Mm -hmm. Her point was like, let's not look at those as if they're bad. Let's actually embrace the fact that that is a difference or that could be a difference between man and woman. Mm -hmm. And so instead of trying to um, shine a, or paint them, frame these two differences in a negative light so that now the woman would look for a man who is not, the provider and protector and he's the more emotional guy and she's like well then a woman might not might be turned off by that because now the guy's too emotional or the guy might be turned off by the fact that the woman is too like her her masculine energy is Mm. turned up way too high and so he's repulsed by that and you know she drew some conclusions and stuff but i'm listening to that and i'm like you know i think i think there's some merit there Mm. I think there's some merit there. I mean, why it's not necessarily a bad thing for me to want to, you know, protect and provide for my family. Mm. It's not necessarily a bad thing for my wife to want to, you know, be the one who stays home. And But on the other hand, if I want to be the one who Mm. stays home, there shouldn't be, you know, some sideway look or, you know, some eyebrow raising, some head scratching, Mm. or someone coming out of, you know, the normal way of behavior to be like, why the hell would you do that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's just, that's just what I, that's just what I want to do. At the end of the day, Travis, I take full responsibility for raising my children. I mean, Mm. they're my children for, for a reason. Mm. And if if within the confines of my home and my relationship um, with my family, we make a decision, I make a decision that I think for the benefit of our family, it would be better for me to stay home with my kids than anyone's opinion, anyone's uh, curiosity is their own and can't stop people from, you know, feeling or thinking those things. Mm. But at the end of the day, that's just the decision that we made as a family, mm. whether it appears manly to someone else or not. Mm. So the other question I was having is the shifting in priorities of choosing to, you know, I want to be home full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the why? What is like the core why for you? Aside from the fact that I really love my kids, mm. um, which, of course, I think every parent does. Mm. So I'm not saying, you know, that as like, I love my kids more than any other parent love their kids. Mm -hmm. I also think part of, part of this shift is because they're not going to be, they're not going to be young forever. Mm. Right. Like they're not going to be young forever. Once, 
once they start going to school hmm. and once they start having friends and once they start on that trajectory, the nature of the relationship is going to be different. How I'm available to them and they're available to me is going to be different. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, what that is. But I really enjoy this phase right now mm. that Juki is in. Mm. I mean, since he was born, we haven't sent him to daycare because, again, he was born during the pandemic. Um, my wife and I have been very blessed that her parents don't live too far away. I also have a sister who lives in Philadelphia. So we've had family to help us. Hey, could you watch him for a couple of hours? Could you watch him for a weekend while Michelle and I, you know, go on vacay or whatever the case is. So we haven't had to send him to daycare or any of that stuff. We just love having our son around. Mm. I mean, he's, he's annoying. <laughs> he is cool. He is funny. He loves our, our company. He loves our company. Mm. There's going to be a day where he's going to be like, dad, bro, I just, I just need my space. Mm. So, you know, I it it is just I'm I'm having a hard time coming with legitimate reasons for why it makes more sense to leave my home and go somewhere else mm. to spend a huge chunk of time and then come home and pretend like I'm not tired as hell. <laughs> And then have to like give to my children the what's left of my energy mm. after having spent the the good choice part of it during the day somewhere else mm. for somebody else. To me, that just doesn't make any sense. Mm. And particularly after, you know, the whole um, working from home dynamic as a result of the pandemic and seeing how businesses didn't collapse, people were not less productive in their jobs. I'm like, oh, dude, it, it, it just seems to make a lot more sense. Mm. Like if I'm going to be tired and frustrated um, and annoyed and all of that stuff, then let me use that like the prime cut of my time hmm. with my family. Hmm. Like to me, that makes more sense. I'm not, I, I, I just, I just don't. What's interesting is that prior to becoming a dad and prior to uh, COVID, I, that wasn't even a question in my mind. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, it was not a question at all. Um, but since man, it's like, yeah, it, it, it makes more sense. And you know this about me, and I think people who who have um, followed your podcast and have you know heard our conversations, I think we've spoken about this in one or two conversations episodes. The setting where I work at, which is a children's hospital, mm. it's emotionally draining, mm. and there are times when I can't, you know, I do my best, and I think I've gotten very good at it to um, leave work at work. Mm. I don't even leave work outside the door of my home. I leave work at work. Hmm. And when I get home, I get home. But there's certain things that 
come in the car with me on the drive home. Mm -hmm. And so even though I try to leave those things outside the door to my home, before I close the door, they end up coming in also. And so now I have to, you know, embrace my son who, when he sees me coming through the door, you know, screams at the top of his lungs, daddy's here, daddy's here. Mm -hmm. And I got to embrace him and hug him and kiss him and he wants to play and he wants to tell me what he's done, you know, during the day and all of that stuff. And I got to be there and pour into him and be available to him while pretending like I didn't just leave a very devastating mm. situation or devastating situations. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that takes out a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, that that um, that takes out a lot of focus. Mm. So why am I doing that four or five days a week from the moment I wake up mm. and I have all this energy, I'm going to give that to somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to give that to some other place mm. who, if I were to get sick, they're not going to be taking care of my family. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if I were to, to be out for an extended period of time, once my FMLA runs out, my job ain't secure no more. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know people at where I work at right now who've been working there for third, almost as long as I've been alive, bro. Mm. And they're like thinking about retiring and this and that. And they ain't making like no parades for, for them and, mm. you know, thanking them for their. So to me, it just, that structure just doesn't make sense. Mm. If something that does make sense is I, I still have to work because I have financial responsibilities. Mm. But if I can do that while also being available for my family, then that makes more sense to do it in my home setting. Mm. And, you know, when the kiddos get older and they start going to school, then we'll revisit what the plan is going to be. But for the time being... I just want to be here for my kids. Yeah. Um, I love what you said. It just stuck with me. It's the prime cut. Um, the prime cut that I want to give that to my kids, especially, especially in this phase of life as they're young. Because like you said, and, and I agree, I mean, my kids are not much older, but they're only young once. And yeah, it goes quick. And again, my eldest is going to be six this year. And then I will almost four year old. And then my daughter's turned one and it, it blinks. And I know my kids are not that old, but it, it does go quick. Like I feel it. Um, and the more kids I've had, I feel it. It's like, wow, this, it's a really sweet moment to have. And, you know, I remember with my first, um, I was working more and, I had a longer commute to work back then. And, you know, I would get home, I'd leave, and it took me about an hour almost one way, both, so almost two hours on the road. And, man, the first year of my first son's life, I'd be getting home as he's going to bed mm. most nights. And mm -hmm. I remember really just feeling that um, and and not liking it. Uh, and mm -hmm. feeling like I was missing out on just this young phase. And I, and I would do my best to get home. I'd read books with him and 
right? I would do all the stuff and, and on the weekends, you know, super present and, and, but the weekends I would feel that whole day and how much time I had and more space. And it wasn't just rushed right before bed. And I, and, uh, after that, when we had our second, I, I, you know, I was working kind of one and a half jobs. So I pulled back on that second job so I could mm-hmm. be home more. And then the pandemic hit and then I was home a bit more, which was great being home and it was be, amazing. You know, be able to see these moments and be available. And, and I had way more time with my second son um, than I did with my first. And I was like, man, I really like having these moments. So the prime cut, just, I love that image. Um, I'm also a little hungry for steak right now, but, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking too, I read, I read your recent, um, and shared your recent blog post. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, I'm wondering, cause you were doing some reflections, um, there with kind of your own journey, reflections of your father and kind mm-hmm. of your journey, your personal journey and stuff with your son. So I'm wondering, you know, just to bring it into this conversation, did that have any, was that part of this decision? That kind of reflection of what you saw, you know, your relationship with your father and kind of where you are now in your phase of life as a father and what you want to give away to your kids. Did that play a piece? And if it did, can you, can you speak a little bit on that? I don't know if it did okay. on the conscious level. Okay. Subconsciously, I wouldn't put it past hmm. it. Um, in what ways, I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, because most of my upbringing, my father was not there. So, and that definitely shaped who I am today. Hmm. And um, the big aha moment that I re- that I talked about or wrote about in the blog was that once I started parenting Juki, I realized that I was parenting from a space of comparing myself and my relationship to my son with my father and me from a time long ago, not knowing, not having all of the details or not having many details, not even all, not having many details. Mm. And so me having to fill in the gaps so that the details that I did have would make sense for why he wasn't around, why even when he was around, he didn't take interest in me and my siblings and and anything, Mm -hmm. right? So once I came to that realization, it was like, whoa, this is not about trying to outdo him or anything like that. Um, It's about who is Juki and who am I in relationship to Juki? Hmm. Um, And that has been the driving force of our relationship since that discovery. Hmm. So I'm sure in some way, shape, or form, there's something there, you know, to respond to your question. But to be honest with you, I don't think is is that active or active at all. Hmm. It's more so, man, I love my son. Hmm. And I love being a dad. Hmm. And there's nothing in the world that means more to me than my son and to be a father 
to my son. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just forced me to recognize just how it's 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 interesting that you know as parents, <clears throat> excuse me, as people who are responsible people, we have to work. So I'm not saying that I don't ever want to work and just, you know, stay home and not do anything and just play with my kids. That's not what I'm saying at all. Hmm. We have to work. Hmm. Um, and I want to work. I mean, I'm a an able-bodied man who can work. So I want to work. Thinking about providing for my family solely on the basis or through the lens of capitalism. Hmm. So just money. That's where that structure begins to fall apart. Hmm. Um, and while money and, you know, is necessary, we got mortgage to pay, we got bills to pay, we got car insurance to pay, we got stuff to pay, all right? Before we hopped on on this conversation, I was telling you today we spent part of our day in the emergency department um, because my son was not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So that bill is going to come. And if we didn't have good insurance, we would have had to find a way to pay. So yeah. the financial piece is absolutely crucially important because we need money to survive. Mm-hmm. But- I'm not what I'm what I'm saying is that I'm at a place where I no longer want to let that be the only drive for or the only definition for how I provide for my family. Mm. So the the structures as they presently are know that as responsible people, as responsible parents and families, we have to work. And so, of course, I find a job. They hire me. They say in exchange for my service, they will give me not just monetary compensation, but, you know, they'll give me insurance. They'll give me a couple of days off. Uh, per year for vacation, I have some time off for emergency situations. Yeah, but bro, <laughs> one of my colleagues at work experienced a death in her family, and she only had three days, as per policy, for grieving. Hmm. Three. And it was a close relative. It wasn't like, you know, a hamster who died. But even if it was a hamster, three days, and then you got to come back and jump right back into work. Mm -hmm. And so it just doesn't, once I started to realize that, oh, man, this job wants me committed to it. Mm -hmm. But this job is not committed to me in the same way that it wants me to be committed to it. Yeah. Oh, we got a problem there. Mm. We definitely got a problem there. Um, so it, it's more about that than, than you know, the stuff with, with my dad. Like that's, that's separate, as separate as it can get. Mm. 
I have not thought about how it might or might not influence any of that. Hmm. Um, but, you know, the drive is definitely there. I have to provide, I have right. to be a financial contributor to my family. Right. And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continuing to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. Well, and, and something you said earlier, which kind of expanding against the, you know, the, the the traditional gender norm or the capitalist ideals of, you know, like you said, like you're you're committed to it, the job, and the job's not really committed to you in a way that you're committed to it. And what I heard earlier on, and early on in the conversation, you said, you know, with everything going on in the world you know, I, my influence over my sons, especially at this age, is short because they're not going to be this age anymore. So my influence, my power that I have as a father is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Could you speak to that a little more? Yeah. Um, and saying that doesn't mean that as they get older and even when my sons become adults, God willing, I'm still alive to see them when they become fathers mm. so that I can become a grandfather. It doesn't mean that my influence won't be as important mm. then. But right now, their minds are like empty vessels. Mm. And I just think if there's anyone who should take full responsibility and accountability for filling that empty vessel, those empty vessels, I volunteer myself to be the one to do that. <laughs> to me, that just makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, you know, these early years set the foundation for what they will end up building the rest of their lives on. Mm. So, I'm not here uh, implying that I want to indoctrinate my kiddos or that I want to brainwash. It's not even, that's not it. If that's what somebody yeah. has heard or is hearing, that is not at all what I'm saying. Well, that's not what I'm hearing at all either. Awesome. <laughs> but, just, just wanted to clear that. <laughs> I mean, what I'm hearing, and this is part of, I mean, this is, similar to what the decisions we made in our family was if, if you can do this, because not everyone can do this, but if you can, no one can replace you or your wife. Not a single person. You know, full stop. No one. Yeah, no one. I mean, the next, the, the next best would be, I guess, a loving family member. Yeah, I, and we have plenty of know, those around. And then yeah. maybe like a, a friend and then maybe like a daycare worker. But... A daycare worker, if you compare a daycare worker, and, and I'm saying this, everyone listening, I have nothing, daycare workers, are, they have a job and they're providing a service and, and, and there's a need, right? And we're thankful for that. Very thankful. So I'm not, I'm not, when I say this, I am not putting down a daycare worker, but what I am saying, and this is my opinion, take it or leave it, 
is it mom, you, Kelly, you know, Kelly, Michelle, do not compare to daycare worker. Not, not even close. And your influence, your consistent influence, again, not even close to a daycare worker. None. Um, and your influence, especially at this age, is setting such a solid foundation that will build upon when they get into their, you know, elementary school years, you know, tweens, you know, teens, young adult, adult, that this is a foundation. I love that you said that, setting the foundation. And this is something you can't get back because by the time they are teens, well, you can't go backwards. You know, you could build from teenage years. You could build from young adulthood and adulthood. You could build, but you can't go back. Mm-mm. And, you know, I, I, I chose my wife, you know, just whatever people want to know. You know, we made a decision because we wanted one parent to stay home, at least in the young years, to be full-time. And if she didn't want to do it, I would have done it mm-hmm. because I valued that. And we were going to do whatever sacrifices we would have had to make to make that happen. And do we make sacrifices now to do that? Oh, heck yeah. You know, one income. Um, there's sacrifices there. Now, are we blessed to be able to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. But there's sacrifices financially. There's, you know, there's things that we don't do because of that. Mm-hmm. But we value that similar to you of like the influence we have. And my wife is not replaceable. I am not replaceable. Mm-mm. Kelly's not re- Any of you parents listening, you are not replaceable. You are important in your kid's life. Now, again, I'm not saying that if you're not there, you have a daycare worker, you're somehow not influenced, but I don't want to split hairs here. You are still valuable no matter what role you take in your kid's life, no matter if you're full-time working and have a daycare worker, if family helping out, or if you're full-time, it doesn't matter. You are so important in your kid's life. And I think what Kelly is doing is realizing a little something deeper about, hey, I want to give my prime cut. And for me personally, Kelly personally, is I was giving my prime cut to my job and my kids were getting my seconds and I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. That just didn't make it. It still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And for you, it's like what makes sense is I want my kids at prime cut for me. Absolutely. And this is this is my prime cut. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Man. And you know, I want to give I want to give a voice to uh, single parents. Oh gosh, yeah, right. Yeah, um, I want to give voice to um, folks that even two income households are not able to totally. make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to give voice to the variety of different circumstances, mm. family circumstances that might make this sound so uh, arrogant, ludicrous, Mm. uh, just completely inconceivable. Mm. So yeah, 100%. Mm. I want to give voice to to those experiences, to those realities, and to those dynamics. Yes, sir. I second that. And and I think of this pretty much daily, if I'm honest. Me and my spouse have a great relationship. Um, And I'm not saying that to like, you know, tout this off like oh we have a great relationship no we have a really good relationship and i'm very thankful for that very thankful that our relationship is solid and strong you know we're going on 13 years of marriage this year which is crazy to think about congratulations broski thank you um lucky number 13 man yeah i'm very excited in fact i gotta look to see what the year is i know last year i think was linen which we got linen sheets so there you go um but i think of you mentioned single parents 
and man, I'm, I'm saying this, that parenting with a partner where we have a really solid relationship and parenting three children while is amazing and awesome. And I love my kids on the same side of the coin, uh, the opposite side of the same coin is it's, ex- it's, hard, it's incredibly difficult, incredibly yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Um, it takes everything of you. You have to, you know, you're regulating your own emotional states and your kids and trying to model every second and like healthy dynamics, healthy communication. And it's really hard. And I have a partner that we can kind of tap each other in and out if we see each other kind of struggling. And then I think of single parents and I'm like, oh my Lord, like the work you guys are doing I, I, is incredible. Like truly incredible. Truly incredible. Uh, yeah. Cause there's no backup. <laughs> I get to witness it every day because yeah. my sister mm-hmm. is a single parent. Yeah. And I mean, I have so much more love mm-hmm. and respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, a deep, deep, deep respect mm-hmm. for her as a person, as a single mom mm-hmm. who is doing the best that she can. Yeah. And for her as an icon hmm. of single parents, mom or dad, who are really trying to make something out of very little yeah. in a lot of circumstances. Yeah. Um, I have this saying that I say for me, it doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense to me. Hmm. Um, there's a saying that when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Uh, single parents... When life gives you lemon, they're making mango juice. <laughs> that, totally. Oh my gosh, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, that's like that's that's what I see yeah. day in and day out yeah. with you know my sister. So yeah, yeah. big 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 respect to yeah. uh, single parents. And, and I think something with this conversation where I'm thinking now is I think in the end is really. And this is really it kind of ties into this, but it's getting to know the person in front of you, <laughs> getting to know the mom, the dad in front of you, and what is their story to have empathy yeah. and understanding for their circumstance. Absolutely, and not that anyone's better or worse or right or wrong, but go, being invited in and like your sister, it's like I you you got to witness this and see a single parent make mango juice daily out of lemons mm-hmm. and it changes you how you see people of, of just like wow you see the i think the incredible strength perseverance tenacity patience grace all these things that people possess and out of very different circumstances and the empathy meter goes up and the understanding goes up and i think that just is incredible um yeah yeah Mango juice, that's going to sit with me. I love that. To close out, I want to say thank you for having the conversation and for shedding and sharing this shift, this priority shift for you and how it does brush up against some typical gender norms, mass, you know, what men do or don't do, uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, we talked about capitalism in here and kind of what we, you know, what we want to give our prime cut to, um, 
and different family dynamics of raising children and also the difficulty of having kids and, and also the joy and not wanting to miss out. Um, and if you were if you were to kind of frame this conversation and, and kind of how we started, how we're kind of uh, ending this conversation, as you think about the decision of um, cho- making a choice and having the capacity to choose, um, as you said, blessed to choose, that I could choose to be home more often. Um, I'm wondering what, you know, what emotion does that fill you with? Knowing that you can be home and be with your boys and, and cherish these, these moments. Um, the one that comes to mind first is gratitude. Hmm. Um, man, I didn't think I was going to be a dad at some point hmm. in my life. And then I became a dad. And then I'm becoming a dad again. Hmm. And so, you know, today while my wife and I were uh, back in the, uh, we got we had gotten um, checked in the emergency uh, department and we're in the room, the doctor had already come and talked to us. My son had started to perk up and he just, became himself again. Hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm just watching him. And all he was doing was eating a popsicle. (laughs) And I'm just watching him. And I was just so overwhelmed Hmm. with not just gratitude that he was feeling better, but I'm like, yo, I get to, I get to have him as a child. Hmm. Like how, and then I said to my wife, you know, I'm really having a difficult time thinking about how it's going to be possible for me to love our other child as much as I love this kid. Y- you know, because number one, <laughs> little man, number two is not here yet. So I haven't seen him, even though I, I love him so much already, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at Juki and I'm just like holy crap, like I get to parent yeah. this child, mm. you know? And um, I'm just I'm just really thankful. I'm grateful mm. that I'm even in a position to be able to think about, not even think about, I'm in a position where I can make mm. that choice yeah. to, to want to give myself even more so fully to parenting him hmm. in a way that I know he's going to, um, I know he's going to benefit from and appreciate. And, you know, not because I'm an awesome dad, but because I am an awesome dad. Yeah, you are. Come on, yeah, now. come on, I'm an awesome dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, gratitude, um, and along with that, man, is really it's really humbling. Yeah, it really is humbling. Hmm. Um, my parents. My parents came from from nothing, you know, whether or not I have a relationship with my dad. But he has, I don't think life afforded him the opportunity to attain some of the things that I've been able to attain. Hmm. And it would be foolish for me to not say that or to say that I did this by myself. Hmm. No, the man 
helped. He provided in some way, shape, or form mm. some opportunity for me to be able to attain the things that even, even the lack of a relationship and his lack of presence, his absence was equally a, a motivator for me, mm. right, to want to attain a certain level of academic success, mm. of personal success, so that my family, I would give something to my family, something that I didn't receive from him, mm. right? So, Well, there's your why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, yeah. Um, so I, you know, <laughs> I remember being in college and I went to a really uh, small, small liberal arts, but really prestigious uh, school, li liberal arts school. And I'm in class with kids from all sorts of, you know, walks of life and economic backgrounds. And, and we're having, this was a sociology class and we're having a conversation. Long story short, um, this kid uh, was addressing the question, why do a certain group of students always sit together in the cafeteria and not mingle with, with the rest. And so everyone is giving their responses. And this young man says, you know, if, if I were of that, a certain group of students, I would feel intimidated because uh, most likely um, my parents would not come from a level of success or economic, economic, a bracket as the majority of the students on mm. this campus. Mm. And that really stayed with me. And uh, I raised my hand and I was like, well, I would agree, except the fact that my mom at the time was working at a nursing home and she was wiping butts. Mm. My father was working as a taxi driver. And I'm like, but look where I'm sitting in the same classroom as your hedge fund hmm. kids. Hmm. And when we get a degree, your degree is going to say the same school name as my degree. Hmm. So, you know, I would not have had that opportunity had, I, had it not been for my parents' yeah. sacrifices, yeah. Uh, making their own mango juice hmm. with the lemons life gave them. Yeah. Right. And so now here I am at a more, much more comfortable uh, space as a parent mm. to my sons, man, I, it's, it's incredibly humbling to, to be in a position like that. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's, so th th those are the two primary ones, just yeah. gratitude and, and um, feeling very humble that I'm even in mm. this position to, have these two options in front of me yeah. and to say, yeah, yeah. this one mm. is the one that I want. Yeah. Uh, I want to say a very mat healthy, mature outlook. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to say, going back to what you said, and we'll close with this, is that, you know, you love Juki so much. <laughs> the question of how am I going to love a second uh, and I'll say you will. <laughs> it, it's great. Yeah. It just happens. I, I, I thought the same thing with our first and having two, and then I had two, I'm like having a third, I'm like, how, how is this gonna, it just, it, it just, it's we, it just happens. I don't know what to say. You just like, you just have this capacity to like love these people. 
Yeah. And because until you have it, you're like, oh, it's just you can. But before, you're like, how I, I can't even fathom that. Like, I love this person so much. And then you love this other one. In fact, my thing I say to my kids is I always tell them you're my favorite one. But I say it to all three. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yep. a phrase. Um, because they are. They're all my they're all my favorite one. Um, each one of them is my favorite one. And I've been saying that to them since they were like newborns. Mm-hmm. Uh and so it, it's just your capacity to love grows and I, I cannot wait uh to hear from you when you get to welcome your second boy into the world. I cannot wait to to meet him virtually and and to see your love grow as a dad and to see yeah, that man. kind of capacity get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're doing a great job. Um and I can't wait to see you keep being awesome uh, as a dad of two. So thank you, bro. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. And I'll have you on for a fifth time. I mean, you got to keep going at this point, you know, got to get double digits, (laughs) got to get double digits. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next time I'll have little man, you know, newborn in my arms and just, uh, we'll have a, Hey, he'll make a special appearance. Let's do it. I'd be down (laughs) cries and all, man. It's, it's, I'd be in, but thanks again, Kel. Have a great night, man. Thank you, brother. You do the same. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.